Welcome to the Swimming Ideas Podcast, a podcast where we talk about swim lessons, swimming teams, and how to get better at teaching in general. Today is episode number 30, treating your staff as a culture and what you can do to create a great close-knit staff with a strong, good culture. My name is Jeff. Let's get started. We are going to start with Today's t- podcast with a uh, short shout out. Thank you for uh, listening to the podcast. I appreciate the time that you take uh, looking to improve your teaching and your swim instructing and your program at your pool or at your lake. Uh, we took a short break for the summer in August. Uh, and now with September starting, we're jumping right back into our regular Monday podcast schedule. So thank you for joining us, and today we're talking about treating your staff as a culture and what you can do as a program manager or a director to foster and create a good culture so that you have successful and happy employees or coworkers, and what you can do to kind of make that environment a positive and happy place. Let's let's start with how do you create that culture? And first we're going to begin with we need to be working as equals and what that means is when if you are the manager if you are in charge of a swim lesson program you need to make it clear that you're going to help out your staff by getting in the water and teaching a lesson every now and then or you're going to jump in and be the lifeguard if you need to now i'm not saying that this is a requirement or mandatory but it helps once you jump in and you contribute to the team as a whole beyond just sitting in your crystal tower you know in your office writing on pieces of paper or working on your computer you need to get your hands dirty you need to get wet uh, by getting in the water and that's going to help you you know a prove your competency b show that you're a team player and c bring you down to the level of your most entry level employees because they're going to see oh you're doing the same thing and you understand what it is and how it works and if you're uh, good at those things, then it's gonna, you're going to be an inspiration to your employees because they're going to see what you do and then emulate that in their own lessons, which is a great way to train, but also a good way to inspire and teach your staff. So your, your, your primary focus here is to work as an equal. And I think that the times when we as program managers or as aquatic directors when we help out by getting in the water and actually teaching as well, or when we uh, step up and take a lifeguarding shift if we need to, that shows that we're willing to help out in any way to make the program a success beyond just dictating, okay, you need to do this, you need to do that. Uh, So working as equals and making sure that uh, you are a part of the team just as much as everyone else is, that you are a vested member, you're not above the team. You are a part of that team. So working as equals where, uh, and this dovetails nicely into number two, which is uh, the manager should help out and get their hands dirty or get their suits wet. Uh, You know, they should uh, be able to get in the water or help out, you know, pick up trash when there's, when you're walking around the deck, if you see something, not walk by it and then tell someone to go do it themselves when you could easily have just have done that. You know, take an active role in the facility environment from cleaning the bathrooms or cleaning up the deck to uh, getting in the water and teaching and lifeguarding on occasion. Now, one big important thing here is if you listen to all the business and the management and the the, uh, self-starter podcasts, 
they're going to say your time is valuable and as a manager you need to be focusing on those things that uh, the big picture the money making things in your program that you need to be working on that your time is more valuable than the time of your staff and it's reflected in your pay now that that is true to a degree you know you do have more responsibility you have budgeting you have brochure planning you have customer service you have registration issues and all that back-end stuff that needs to be done and done well. But you also are responsible for the staff. I mean, a big part of our environment is that we usually have large staffs of young people that need to be managed well. And in, large, in many cases, this is their first position or this is their first job. And part of training that staff to be well and to succeed is to get in there and be a part of it instead of being aloof or away from it. So if you're running some like a, an online business, then you know you don't need to be doing all of the editing. You can hire someone else to do that. But if you're running a swim lesson program, you need to be involved in the swim lesson program to the point where you're actually there and being an active member of the team, teaching a swim lesson occasionally, lifeguarding on, on occasion, you know, picking up things on deck, putting things away, you know, being a part of that system and have, be making it clear that you know all the steps of that program so you can jump in at any time. You know, they're going to look at you with an expectation of expertise and you need to be able to show that. And you can do that by jumping in and helping out. So working as equals and getting your hands dirty or getting your swimsuit wet, that's a great way to contribute to the group as a whole and to demonstrate in a very active way that you know what you're talking about and you know what the expectations are for your staff. Uh, let's move on to the next one here is shared accountability. Uh, what that means is we want to encourage our coworkers and our employees uh, to share the responsibility of achieving a goal. So our goal is to provide quality swim lessons and to do that, we need swim instructors that are well-trained, and we need lifeguards uh, that are going to show up and do their job safely so we can work in a safe environment and know, and everyone gets to go home. Right? We don't want anyone to be, their final visit to be at our pool or our location. So we need to share the accountability of that goal. And we can do that by encouraging our coworkers to be accountable to each other. Uh, so saying... You know, Johnny didn't show up yesterday. Can you find out what happened? You know, I'm going to call as a manager. I'm going to call him. I'm going to ask. I'm going to find out. I'm going to go through my channels. But, you know, I want you to talk to him as well, Sally, so Johnny knows that it wasn't just me that he was hurting by not showing up, but it was everybody else on his staff that had to pull extra weight to account for his absence. Or if a swim instructors are particularly bad at doing something, we can uh, encourage one of our older swimmers to go in and help train him and give him some guidance that maybe they didn't get quite clearly from uh, the management staff. Um, we want to do what we can to encourage friendships in the workplace. So pairing people that uh, go together well, uh, personally, uh, personality-wise. Uh, we want to do what we can to create an environment that our expectations are that you are going to feel the impact of everyone else in the team if you're not there and if your actions contribute to the greater whole. And we can do that by a few things. So I've mentioned already we can encourage our workers, our, our employees, our coworkers 
to call their coworkers and ask them, you know, what's going on? How are you doing? Are you having fun? So quality of life, you know, outside of the normal work environment, we can say, hey, just give them a call, see what they like, see what's going on. You can have these ambassadors for your program, for your brand, and they can um, be a de- uh, like a representative for the management to the other people. You can encourage friendships by pairing together people that you think personality-wise go together or have stuff in common. And to further encourage a shared accountability, so amongst your staff, uh, would be to do team-building exercises, both on the pool deck, uh, in the you know at the beach, or outside the workplace. So scheduling times where you can get together with your staff and they can all uh, you know uh, uh, participate as well in activities and things outside of the normal work environment. And the closer that your staff gets and all-inclusive they get, the more likely that they're going to feel a part of a team, feel a part of something, and then give back to you a little bit more than they would if we were just giving them hours for dollars, right? So team build outside the envir- the workplace if you can, or just team building in general at the workplace. Uh, encourage others to call their coworkers if they don't show up, uh, or and also calling them at regular intervals and have different people to call each other and just say, how are you doing? How's work going? What can you do? What do you need? What do you feel? You know, these quality of life checkups that may be more likely to be responsive to that not management, but to their peers and to their coworkers. And then you can work together with those designated coworkers and those designated peers to find out what exactly that you should be doing from a management perspective to really make sure that you're encouraging and helping your staff the best you can. One thing that you can do as a program manager or a program director in aquatics is you can, and this is something that we don't see often, uh, but is to give regular reviews to your employees, to your swim instructors, to your lifeguards, where you focus on improvement and you're not focusing on hostile negatives. So a lot of time when we're given reviews, there are, here's what you're doing badly. Here's what we don't like about you. And here's what you need to fix. But we're not going to tell you how, and we're not going to give you any training on how to do that. We're just going to dock you on these things because it's tied to your raise, and we don't want to give you that much money. right? So we want to not do that because that's just painful for the person being reviewed, and it's it, it sets an overall tone of negativity. Instead, we want to have regular opportunities where the management is or the people that are reviewing the staff is taking the time to observe, to watch, to understand the effort and the quality of work that the employee is giving, and then give them opportunities and tools to succeed. So you can do that by having a review process where you say, okay, you are effective at teaching these levels, uh, level one, level two, and level three. You know, in your last class, you had five kids, and it was a challenging class because two of them were closer to the high end, and three of them were really new beginners, but you handled the class well by adapting your lesson plans to include both and adjusting based on personal ability. You played a lot of games. Here, however, some of the times you struggled with one, one of them would cry, you would neglect the other, so we're going to work on um, how do you manage a crying child yet still focus on the rest of the class and here's a training course that we have that you can do that it's online make sure that you go through this before your next shift and then give me the printout of the certificate that you're going to get 
If that's something that you're interested in that type of online training, please let me know. Send me an email, jeff at jswim at swimminglessonsideas.com. I would love to know about that. I'm always looking for things that we do in our program that you would like to see um, or have access to. And part of that is we have an online training program where we have a lot of courses and modules set up where our instructors can just go online watch the video and do the coursework with the corresponding um, test and then give us proof that they took it uh, by printing off the sheet at the end, the certificate at the end, which, which has their name and their, and, and their certificate and how they did on the test. So if that's something you're interested in, let me know, jswim at swimminglessonsideas.com. Okay, so have what we're getting at here is to give regular reviews where you focus on improvement, not on hostile negative. So don't attack your employees in a way that makes them think that they're being like attacked and feel terrible, but rather give them an opportunity to know what they do well and give them an opportunity to improve on those deficiencies that they have that may be inhibiting them from being better instructors or better lifeguards. Uh, and then have a thing in place where you can provide those type of materials to your staff. Uh, beyond giving regular reviews, have regular meetings where you give productive and useful tools to succeed. So I would call these training meetings where you're not just meeting and not giving anyone or you're not just telling people, you know, you need to be doing this, you need to be doing that, here's the stuff that's going on. No, instead have an actual uh, focus. So we already have regular trainings for our lifeguards to keep up on our CPR, our lifeguarding abilities and our AED uh, administration and our emergency action plan and process and just keeping that up to date by going through scenarios. We can use that time to also piggyback on those meetings because we're already having them to provide a training course to our swim instructors and to our lifeguards. So customer service or three points of contact, you know, always have an arm and two legs or, you know, three points of your body holding onto something while you're climbing or climbing down from something. Um, we can do a slips, trips, and falls uh, training. We can do um, like a drowning training and, and the perils of drowning in America and or wherever our country is and, you know, the statistics behind that. Or we can watch a training video on CPR or first responders. You know, we can do any number of things that will contribute in addition to our uh, regular trainings that provide materials for our staff to succeed in the program because we want to pull out those leaders that are doing very well and those people are usually the ones that respond to the regular training. So if we have regular meetings where we're pro providing excellent tools for our, our staff to succeed at, so maybe we go over some of the swim instructor training workbook that Swimming Lessons Ideas provides. Maybe we go over uh, level two, or we go over one of the 15 essential swim skills, and we talk about how you can be a better freestyle instructor when you're teaching front crawl, how to turn your head to the side to breathe, you know, which is one of the more complicated and difficult skills to teach. Maybe we can break that down in one of our swim our trainings and say, okay, here's the progression that we do for learning how to teach breathing. You know, you focus on soldier position and turning only the head, and we get really good at that, and then we do that in the water. And then we you know, lean over at the waist and put our face in the water and focus on blowing bubbles out, turning our head to the side, and breathing in. And then looking down, breathing out, turning to the side, breathing in. So there are a bunch of different things that we can do to kind of give our staff the tools that they need to succeed through regular, consistent training opportunities.
And a good way to do that is to piggyback it on your already existing lifeguard uh, in services. Moving on, we can play favorites with our employees, but play favorites selectively. So we don't want to be doing playing favorites as in, you're my favorite, and I'm going to let you do whatever you want. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is you want to recognize and give priority treatment to the leaders on your staff, and that priority treatment is going to be giving them more responsibility uh, and um, opportunities to demonstrate their leadership and their competency. Now, I mean this by slowly dripping out responsibility that they can handle that's within their abilities. So initially, I would say, okay, little Susie is doing a really good job of being a team player and stepping up when other people aren't. So I'm going to give her a task this week to call two of my other members on the team, on our, on our staff, and just find out how they're doing and what they feel like they need and what they um, feel like they're not being addressed or what they like about her program. And then I'm going to have a meeting with Susie and she's going to tell me what these two other employees said. And that gives her a little bit of responsibility where she's interacting with her peers and being a liaison for me, the program director. And then we're, she's going to come back and she's going to say, okay, well, here's what they like, here's what they don't like, here's what they're struggling with. And then her and I, or her and the staff, management staff, will work on ways that we can improve and address those things that those employees feel that they're not being addressed with. And that gives them a, they're probably more likely going to actually speak the truth versus telling the director or the manager themselves, uh, you know, here's what I'm unhappy with. You know, that's not something that you hear very often. And then she can go back and follow up with them and say, okay, well, I talked to so-and-so. Here's what they're going to do. Here's what the implementation is. Or they can explain, well, here's why we do those things. And this is what make, we do this because of these reasons. And hopefully that makes sense for you and that you can uh, understand that and come to a conclusion that benefits everybody. Uh, so you can give them, you can give these favorites, and I say favorites in these air quotes, more authority, more responsibility in very small ways, and you can increase that over time. So when they've demonstrated that they're capable of doing these more responsible things, that they're ready to move up to the next next stage of uh, promotion. So whether they're a head guard or a shift manager or a manager themselves, uh, you have already groomed them through these series of selectively small tasks that are demonstrating or allowing them to demonstrate their capability and competency to you as a manager. And what that does is it shows that you're promoting from within, you're creating a culture in which, you know, you recognize hard work and effort and you promote that and you work together and you, you have a, um, you respect your employees in a way that you work with them versus against them and forcing them to do things just because it's what you're saying they should be doing. Okay, so playing favorites. Second one is mentorship, and this plays together with what we just talked about. You want to be a mentor towards them, so come down to their level and train them in a way that's demonstrating. So demonstrate to them what you think that they should be doing, or set up a system where you have mentors and mentees, or mentorees, um, in your program, in your pool. So you have someone new come in as a new hire, you're going to pair them with a more experienced, more um, not necessarily older, but a more experienced and more 
capable person than because they know more about the program and how things work. So you're going to stick these two people together and the new person is going to learn, is going to be mentored by that older staff member or that staff member that's been on your team longer. And that's like an, apprent an apprenticeship system. And that works really well for bringing new people into the fold of your culture. Uh, the second thing is to be social as a manager, as a staff manager, uh, or an aquatics director. Make sure that you say hi to everybody, uh, especially when they say hi to you. So respond in kind. Uh, we want to be actually responding to our staff and you know, focusing in on those nice things that they say, we're also going to be saying to back to them. Right, so say hello, be pleasant, be nice, ask about their family and what their interests are, and remember it. Uh, and then next time you see them, ask and find out, you know, how's that working out for you? How are you enjoying whatever it is that you were going to be doing? Um, you know, make it clear that you care about them as a person and that human interaction actually has a beneficial, positive re um, reaction to your staff because they think that you care about them, and you do, uh, because you are taking the time to learn from them and understand what they're doing. Uh, and then finally, uh, to wrap this up, I don't want to go much more than 20 minutes here, uh, is to be consistent and clear with your rules and discipline. You know, be as transparent as possible. You know, we have a rule that says if you do a no-show twice, you get fired. You know, once we talk about it, regardless of the reason, a second time, regardless of the reason, you're let go. Right? So, and that's very clear and it's very unambiguous. Ambiguous unambiguous if you don't call if you don't show up that's a huge issue if you call if you email if you text if you use our uh, shift planning system to send a message if you do something before your shift to let us know that you're not going to be there or you're going to be late that's not the same as a no call no show a no call no show is not showing up not giving any forward notice not giving any response when we contact you and just ignoring your shift and missing it entirely. That's a huge problem. You know, we send out emails, we send out online scheduling, we send out, you know, we have friends that are held each other accountable. We go out of our way to make sure that our staff knows when they're working and what their responsibilities are on a given day. And we require that our staff shows up when they're supposed to. Now, the onus is on them to actually do that. So we're not gonna give them 10 opportunities to screw us over uh, you know, we're going to follow through on this. If you don't call, if you don't show up, you get two chances and that's it. One to document, two to fire, all right? Um, so, and we're consistent and clear with that. Everybody knows those rules. Everybody understands. And we are regular with it and we're honest with it. So everyone knows what's going to happen if that, if that occurs. Uh, and unfortunately, that's just part of the position is that we work a lot with a lot of teenagers. And oftentimes, this is the results is they don't care and they need to be let go and we want to get rid of those people as soon as possible because they're not contributing to the team and they're actually bringing the rest of us down so being consistent and clear with our rules and making it clear and transparent is a really good way to encourage a good culture of success here's what i need from you number one i want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast i do this for uh, you as a way to learn more about swim lessons and just to discuss swimming and running an aquatic program. If you're interested in this, please leave me a review on iTunes. Uh, just leave an honest review. What did you like or not like about the podcast? And we can work on improving or continuing doing those things that you like or dislike. Um, so leave an honest review for me on iTunes. 
that's Swimming Ideas Podcast on iTunes. Uh, and that'd be a great way for new people to find this good resource for swim lessons and swim, swimming in general. Second link, send me an email, j, jswim at swimminglessonsideas.com or connect with me on Twitter at Swimming Ideas. And just let me know, what do you do to create a culture in your staff? How do you create a culture of success at your swim program or in your swim lessons or on your swim team? What do you do from a management, from a, a staff perspective to create a strong culture? Do you play games? Do you do the peanut butter, make a peanut butter game? Do you do icebreaking games where you get together and know each other, where the focus is not on the skills but on the interaction? You know, what is it that you're doing as a staff or as a management team to promote a good quality culture for your staff? I think that having a good quality culture is one of the best ways to have a successful program, and I hope that you learned something from this web, uh, podcast. Big news coming up here. Uh, we just released our first book, our, our real book. Uh, the first book was the Swimming Lesson or Swimming Lessons Idea Swim Instructor Training Workbook, which is available uh, as a PDF right now for $40, uh, and that's the master copy. Or you can get from Amazon the actual print copy, which is $17.99. Uh, it's an excellent, excellent book. It's made through CreateSpace, and you can order it now and have it shipped to you uh, for free if you're on Amazon Prime. And right now it is section one. It goes through the 15 essential swim skills. And they talk about, oh, I'm pulling it out here. Uh, the book talks, it has four worksheets in it. Worksheet number one covers front glides, back glides, going underwater. There are pictures and descriptions uh, for each skill. And the idea of this workbook is for you to go through it step by step with your new instructors, and they should understand each progression here. So for the breaststroke arms continued, there's an on-deck progression. You can make a copy of this, pull it right out, put it on your lesson plan, and say, okay, here's what we're going to do for breaststroke arms. Number one, do 10 streamline to position 11. So you get in streamline on the deck, and then you go into position 11, and you do that 10 times. So you're just moving your arms about 6 inches together and 6 inches apart. And then you do 10 11 Y eat and reaches. So go slowly. Each step of the 11 Y eat and reach should have a distinct pause during it. So you hold it for just a second, and then say each step as you do it. So start in 11 with your arms above your head. Spread your arms out into Y, say Y. Bend your elbows to bring your hands to your mouth and say eat. And then reach your hands up again, straightening your arms back into position 11 and say reach. And do that 10 times. And the goal of this is to take you, walk you through step by step, number one, how to do these things. And number two, to know how to teach each of these things. So this is a step by step guide to how to teach each of the 15 essential swim skills. And it kind of gives you an explanation of what we're looking for on each one. Uh, so this is section one, and it's available for you now uh, as a printed book. We're working on section two and three, uh, and those will be available uh, as soon as we get those done. It's a lot of work. So uh, having that available for the public is much different than having available to our own staff. We can provide it easily and quickly and make the edits to our own staff. But to the general public, um, making that available is a much different story. So uh, just with all the proofing and editing that goes along with it. So if you're interested in that, check that out. But our first book, our second book, I'm sorry, is How to Create Fun and Effective Swim Games. 
And that's available on Kindle and on Amazon uh, for you to download or buy as a book today. Uh, and it teaches you how to create, how to invent awesome, fun, but effective and productive swimming games to teach. So if you run a swim program or if you're a coach, uh, this is an excellent book. It'll give you a formula. Who are you working with? What do you want to accomplish? How do you go about accomplishing it? And then how do you evaluate what the game that you've produced? Uh, and the goal here is the more you do it, it's actually a behavioral-based program. The more you create games during your programs with these things in mind, you'll know you'll actually get better and better at it, and your, your participants will have more and more fun and learn better and quicker than if you weren't playing games and just following the swim instructor training workbook, which, can, which is excellent, uh, but is strictly just a breakdown of how to do each skill instead of making it fun and interesting. So how do you create fun and effective swim games is available now on Amazon and on Kindle. So go, go ahead and check that out now. All right, my name is Jeff. I've been your host for today. Uh, you can reach me at jswim at swimminglessonsideas.com and uh, on Twitter at swimmingideas. I look forward to hearing from you. And thank you for listening, and thank you for being a part of Swimming Ideas. And we'll talk to you soon. Take care.